Welcome back, everybody, for our second life hack message. Now, if you weren't with us last week, life hacks are these messages that we do periodically throughout the year where we look at truths and principles from God's Word and figure out how to apply them to the practical realities of our daily life, how to overcome the stuff that all of us deal with. Like last week, we talked about overcoming negativity, because Lord knows there's a lot of negativity around us, and if we're honest, a lot of times there's a lot of negativity within us. So we saw from the example of David taking on Goliath, how to push past that negativity to take on the giants in your Life And this week, we're going to talk about another very practical subject, and that is our values. How to leverage our values, because our values matter. Our values ultimately determine who we are becoming and where we are going in our lives. But I thought before we talk about values... I want to take a moment and express value to some amazing people who are here with us this morning. School is starting back, ready or not, and for us here at Cedar Creek, that means it's time for us to take a moment to recognize, encourage, and express our gratitude for our teachers, our educators, our administrators, our support personnel, all the people who will be pouring into the lives of our children and our community over these next nine months. And we're going to take a moment to recognize those teachers in just a moment. But before we do that, I just want to offer a word of encouragement directly to you as a former public school teacher for 10 years I understand just a small fraction of the difficulties and frustrations you face every day in trying to connect with and educate children I understand the realities of your red tape I understand the paperwork that you have to spend hours at home and on the weekends doing. I understand that you have to deal with disconnected parents and undisciplined children. I understand all you have to deal with, but here's what I know. Somehow, you are able to, day in and day out, push through those barriers and make a difference in the lives of kids. And can I just tell you, in my book, that makes you true Heroes. I know they don't put medals on your chest and nobody salutes you, but you are heroes in our community. And we want to express our gratitude to you today. Because here's what I know, church. We sit around and watch the news and we gripe about God being taken out of the schools in our culture. But let me tell you this. As long as godly men and women walk the halls of our schools, Jesus is there. His spirit is in our schools and it is changing Lives. So let's recognize those folks who make that happen. So here's what we're going to do. I'm not going to have the teachers stand because they'll be standing for the next nine months. Teachers, I'm going to ask you to remain seated and I'm going to ask the rest of you to join me and honor our teachers. Let them know how loved they are. Oh, come on now. They're heroes. Let them know. Show them their love. All right. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, go ahead and have a seat. Teachers, I do want to pray for you as you get ready to start this new school year. So, church, you join me in praying for these amazing people. Father, I thank you 
for our teachers, our educators, our administrators. I thank you for our support personnel. I thank you for all of those who pour into the next generation, whether it's in public school, private school, homeschool, wherever, Lord, because we know that you are moving and working in them. So as their church family, we commit to pray for them not only today, but in the months ahead, that you would give them the strength, that you would fill them with your spirit, that you would give them the stamina, give them the patience, give them the peace, Give them the power to push through barriers to make a difference in the lives of children in our community. Thank you, Lord. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. All right. We'll go ahead and take out your message notes. We're going to jump into this message on values because few things have a greater impact in our lives than our values. The things that are truly important to us ultimately determine where we spend our time, our energy, and our resources. Unfortunately, most of us live with unclear values. Now, don't misunderstand me. We all pretty much know what we want our values to be. If I was to ask you to make a list of the three most important things in your life, making that list is the easy part. The hard part is making decisions day in and day out that actually reflect those values. Because the reality is your values are not determined by what you say they are or what you believe them to be or what you want them to be. Your values are determined by the thousands of choices we make every day. And the problem is there is a disconnect between what we say is valuable and the choices we make. And you know how I know that's true? Because the number one symptom of unclear values is an overcrowded schedule. Busyness is how you know your values are unclear. I mean, I don't know if you know this or not, but you cannot do everything. You cannot please everybody. You cannot say yes to everything. And when your values are unclear, everything seems important. If you don't have clear values, it's hard to tell what you can say yes to and what you ought to say no to. The Bible speaks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. There on the top of your outline, look at what it says. Paul says, I am allowed to do all things, but not all things are good for me to do. In other words, we all have a lot of options, but all those options are not equal. And the more clear my values are, the less stressful my life becomes. And having clear values not only reduces stress, but it's ultimately going to determine your destiny. Because your true values determine your choices. And your choices determine where you're going to end up. In life. And my fear is for me and maybe for you as well is that we're going to spend our time and energy climbing the ladder of success to get to the top only to discover that that ladder was leaning against the wrong wall, that we valued the wrong things. And so this morning I want to look at three key questions that will bring clarity to our values. Three things that can help us clarify our values. And these questions will not only help you get clarity in what's valuable to you, but it will also help us make sure that we're valuing the right things. 
that our values are lining up with the stuff that is truly valuable in our lives. So let's jump in. Number one, the first question you need to clarify your values is to ask, what is the ultimate source of my values? What is the ultimate source of my values? In other words, what authority are my values going to be built on? Who or what is going to determine what's valuable to me? Because your values are not developed in a vacuum. Your values don't just happen to come to you. They are influenced by the people around you and the things within you. Like the home you grew up in, your parents. Your parents' values, whether stated or not stated, influence what is valuable to you. Your peers, the people you hang out with, the the culture, the world that we live in, all of those things influence our values. And while there's a lot of things that want to influence our values, we ultimately choose the source of our values. We get to choose what our values are going to be based on. So what are your values based on? Where did you get your value system? What determined the things that are important to you? For some of us, we, we want to be the source of our values. We want to self-determine. We want ourselves to be the source of our values. That's why we often go with what feels right in the moment. You know, we use phrases like, I'm just going to go with my gut. I'm, I'm just going to follow my heart. The, the problem is, if you go with your gut or follow your heart, often your gut and your heart will lead you in the wrong direction. In fact, look what the Bible says, Proverbs 16, 25. It says, there is a way that seems right to a person, but eventually it ends in death. I am not a good source for my values because I have a limited perspective as a human being. And that's not just biblical truth. That's actually a scientific fact. Over the last 10 years, there's been a tremendous amount of research on the human brain, trying to study and understand how the human brain works. And one of the things that these studies have shown over and over again is that the human brain has a remarkable ability to misperceive the reality around us. That we are more wrong than we are right when it comes to perceiving the reality and the information around us. We have this ability to take in data and facts and twist them and skew them based on our own issues, our own experiences. That's why you can have three people who witness an accident and they all show up in court and swear under oath what they saw is what they saw, but they all have a different testimony. We have an ability to twist facts and information to fit our own insecurities or our own desires or our own experiences. That's why you can have two people have a conversation and they will walk away from that conversation and they have two totally different perceptions of what was said. You can see this in the news today. People can take one piece of fact and depending on their political viewpoint can twist those facts to meet whatever it is they want to meet. That's why we don't make a good source for our values. If you want to be the ultimate source of your values, just know this. You're going to get it wrong more often than you get it right. Another place we look for as the source of our values are the world around us. 
other people. Because if everybody else thinks it's important, well, then maybe it is important. Maybe it should be important to me. We call that the herd mentality. Just kind of going with everybody else. The problem is sometimes the herd runs off the cliff. And if the people around you are setting your values, determining what's important, you're going to end up off a cliff. Because the problem is the world always values the temporary over the long term. The world always values what feels good now to what is really good for me in the long term. See, we, especially as Americans, we have this viewpoint that at, back in our history, there was a time when we had good values. People used to have good values. Now we don't have good values. Let me tell you, that's a misperception of reality. That's looking back at history through rose-colored glasses because the world has never had good values ever. Don't take my word for it. Look at what the Bible says in 1 John 2. These words were written over 2,000 years ago. And look at what it says. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. Not much has changed in 2,000 years. The world's values are always going to be about looking good, feeling good, and having the goods. And while that may be good in the moment, it doesn't last. It will leave you empty and hollow and ending up in the wrong destination. But fortunately, there's a third source for our values. And that's what God says. God's word is the best source to determine what's important in our lives. And the reason I say that is not because I'm a pastor and I'm supposed to say that. I don't say that because I'm supposed to toe some party line in my position as a pastor. I say that because I have discovered over 56 years of life that that is true. As I look back over my life and the highs that I've been through and the great experiences, and as I look back through some of the most painful stuff that a human being can ever go through, as I look back across those ups and downs, here's what I can tell you without reservation. God's Word is the only anchor you can build your life on. These truths are the only thing that can hold you in the storms of life. God's Word is always more objective about my reality than I am. And God's word is always more honest and truthful with me than any other person. That's why Jesus says in John 8, if you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Circle that phrase, hold to. The, the verb that Jesus uses there is not, he's not talking about learn my teachings. Educate yourself. He's not talking about know them. He's talking about building your life on his unchanging truth. I was going to ask you this reflective question like, what is the source of your values? But I realize if I ask that question in this environment, 90% of us will say, God's word. That's it. That's the Sunday school answer. But here's the thing. We're not living that way. Not all the time. 
Because if we were all making decisions and choices based on values grounded in God's word, I believe our church, our community, our country, and our world would be a very different place. The truth is we battle with this. So the better question for us to reflect on this morning is what competes with God's words as the source of your value? What is it that competes? Is it you, your desires, your emotions in the moment? Or is it the other people around you, what everybody else thinks is important? If you want to have the right values, if you want to know what your values is, you must ultimately make a decision of where the source of those values are going to come from. The second question you got to ask yourself is what is going to last the longest? What is going to last the longest? There's a general truth that longevity equals value, right? I mean, the longer something lasts, the more valuable it is. Whether you're talking about art or architecture or or whether you're just talking about the products we buy and sell. If something is going to last longer, you'll pay a little bit more for it, right? That's why if you go car shopping, you'll pay more for a Toyota than you will for a Yugo. I said Chevy in first service and the people at the Ridge booed me. So I cho- those of you under the age of 40 don't know what a Yugo is. It's a cheap Yugoslavian car. But if something is going to last longer, you're going to pay more for it. Why? Because it's more valuable. Well, that same thing is true in our lives. The most valuable things in our life are the things that last the longest. Unfortunately, we often allow the temporary things to become more valuable, and we treat the valuable things in life as disposable. That's why the Apostle Paul writes these words in 2 Corinthians. He says, so fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Why? Because since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What does that mean? It means the most valuable things in our lives are not things. Our valuables are not the most valuable thing. The most valuable things in those lives are those intangible things that you can't often see, you can't touch, you can't measure, you can't put them in a bank account. Things like our relationships with each other, the positive impact we have on each other. That's the stuff that's valuable because that's the stuff that lasts. Teachers, let me tell you something. The most valuable thing you will do for your students this school year will not be the information you teach them to improve their test scores in the spring. The most valuable thing you will give your students is your smile, your kindness, your compassion, your belief in them when they can't believe in themselves. Those are the things that will last their lifetime. That's what's Valuable, And unfortunately, our short-sighted pursuit of temporary things has led us to an upside-down value system. And look, I'm not just talking about the world out there. I'm talking about in our individual lives. We're running after worrying about things that don't last. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 6, 33, But seek first his kingdom, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus spoke these words to a group of people who were running around chasing after temporary short-term stuff 
worried, stressed out. And Jesus is like, chill out. Pursue the stuff that really matters. And God will take care of the temporary things that don't matter that much. So when you're faced with a choice, and you'll have thousands of them this week. Thousands of things will will bide for your time and your energy and your emotions. You'll be pulled at in a thousand different directions. You have to decide daily what you're going to leave in, what you're going to leave out. In those moments, ask yourself, what's going to last the longest? What's going to matter a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 50 years from now? If you start making those kinds of choices, your stated values will line up with your choices and you'll begin to live the life that God intends for you. And then finally, the last question that we need to ask to clarify our values is, is it worth the cost? Is it worth the cost? Because everything in life has a price tag. It's what people in the business world call a cost-benefit analysis. Smart business people, before they make a decision, they look at, will the benefits of this choice be worth what's going to cost me? Because everything costs something. There's nothing free in this world. And that's not just a question we need to consider when it comes to our money. That's a question we need to consider in every aspect of my life. Is this really worth my time? Is this really worth my attention? Is this worth the emotions and the energy I'm giving to it? In fact, we need to ask that more about those things than we do about money because unlike money, which you can always make more of, your time, energy, and attention, it's a zero-sum game. You only have so much of it. And what you do with it matters greatly. I guess what I'm saying is that everything you say yes to means by default you are saying no to something else. And I think a lot of times, if I'm honest, maybe if you're honest, that sometimes we make choices because it doesn't hurt us. There's no cost to us. But a lot of times our choices end up costing the people closest to us. It ends up costing our children, costing our spouses, costing our home group, costing our church, costing the people closest to us. And sadly, most of us live our lives the way we manage our money. We spend time looking back, wondering where it all went, instead of being intentional about planning where we want it to go. That's why Jesus says in Luke chapter 14, Don't begin until you do what? What does he say? Count the cost. Now, most of you are familiar with that verse, but do you know the context? Do you know who Jesus made that statement to? A huge group of people who were following him. When Jesus began his public ministry, he immediately went to the top of the charts. He was popular. People wanted to be around him. Everybody wanted to follow him. And he had this huge crowd of people following him. Jesus turns around and goes, you people, you don't know what you're asking. You think it's cool and hip to follow me, but you need to understand following me is going to cost you. Following me is going to cost you things that are valuable and important to you. Because I'm about the kingdom work, not about temporary work. And you know what? 
Jesus is still saying this to us today. We have to say no to good things in order to say yes to the God things in our lives. You know, I have a good friend whose son is hiking the Appalachian Trail. He's hiking, it's like 3,000 mile walk in the woods. And I've always wanted to do that. So what I've chosen to do is just follow along on Facebook because it's a lot easier to do the Appalachian Trail that way. But what amazes me about people who hike the Appalachian Trail, I mean, beyond the fact that they walk over 2,900 miles, you know what amazes me? How obsessive they are about their gear. They are obsessive and compulsive about what goes into their backpack. They will pay $500 more for a tent just because it is six ounces less in weight than the cheaper model tent. We're like, that's crazy. It's not worth that much. No, it ain't worth that much till you walk 3,000 miles with it on your back. And I think, sadly, many of us are Christians are filling up our packs not with bad stuff, just not the God stuff. That our, our packs are weighed down by these little choices we've made to fill up our lives with stuff that is not that important. So important. As Christ followers, we have to filter our choices through God's vision for our life. Did you know God has a vision for your life? Vision is not just something God gives to a select few. It's not just something God gives to pastors or, or churches. God gives a vision to every Christ follower. It's a plan and a purpose he has for your life. God has a preferred future. He has a vision for what he wants to do in and through you. And once you grab hold of that, once you truly believe that's true, then all of a sudden you can start making decisions based on God's vision for your life. Anything that moves you closer to that is a yes. Anything that moves you further away is a no. Probably no greater example of this than the Apostle Paul. When Paul meets Jesus, it transforms his value system. Look at what he writes, Philippians 3. He says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ Jesus has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. See, when Christ is the center of your life, you not only get a new value system, but as you start to live based on those values, you'll finally find the fulfillment you've been desiring because you'll be living the life you were created for. That's why Jim Elliott, the great missionary martyr from a generation ago, said he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep in order to take hold of that which he cannot lose. That's the kind of values I want in my life. And as your pastor, your friend, somebody that cares about you, that's the kind of values I want to drive your life as well. So would you pray with me? Father, thank you for reminding us of these truths we already knew before we walked in here. But Father, though this is not new information, this is life-changing information. So I pray today at all of our campuses, as we take these next few moments to think about what this means to us, that you would lead us 
to begin to build our lives on the values that are valuable to you and your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.